Jillian. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 The Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on yeah, a Thursday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, Early Break Fun Show. So far, you got the podcast at theticketfm.com. We are joined as we are every Thursday in studio by 24-7 Sports. Mike Schaefer. Good morning, Schaefer. Good morning, gentlemen. Schaefer has a very good sense of humor. Yeah. He does. You want to tell what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay, so... Sip apparently. No, have Schaefer set Yeah, up. Schaefer, let, let's let you set up exactly Please give him a proper introduction. will find this no, as I think they will. humorous. I think they will. Give, did you uh, give him a proper introduction? I did. Mike Schaefer, 24-7 Sports. <laughs> the hour sponsored by Trek CBD, location 84th and Highway 2. I love the way he does this. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Schaefer. There you go. Uh, Please so, set it up for us, Schaefer. So on Monday, we have the we have the round table set up, and I, I was instructed that I was at the Mickey Joseph table, and I was not allowed to leave because that was viewed to be 25 <laughs> usable minutes uh, that a lot was going to come out of. So, I didn't know that part. That's well, look, I sometimes you have to admit that you... I don't give the orders at 24-7. I don't claim to. Right. I mean, I could ask. I could be like, oh, I want to be here. And be like, oh, that's fine. But I was basically Chain, told, like, you sit here. Yeah. Don't leave. Chain your butt yeah. to that seat <laughs> and don't leave. So, which don't, I was okay with. move. Right. Because if you were going to power rank the coaches that were going to be the most interesting over 25 minutes. Ooh, what would you, how would you do that? I would probably have Mickey Joseph towards the top yeah. of the, uh, the offensive coaches. I Whipple mean, one, Mickey two. Probably. Probably exactly, and then Applewhite <clears throat> three because of Ooh, the newness, the newness, and then probably Rayola, and unfortunately Sean Becton, who we know, yeah, and we know that room fairly well, even though there's a lot of growth that's expected to come out of it. But uh, so I was, I was okay with that, and so I'm, I'm sitting there, and we're about, and I have to consult the, uh, I'd have to consult the, the transcript, but I think we're about seven or eight minutes in, and um, we've, we've hit on a few different things. Talked on some of the new guys, talked on just sort of how it was going. Hadn't quite gotten to Xavier Betts yet, which was another sort of interesting turn in all of it. But uh, my my cohort and the guy sitting next to me, Steve Sipple, mm-hmm. he asked a question. <laughs> and he asked a question that I knew that he had a strong opinion on the answer of because I've heard this before. And yes. I've had Parker Gabriel from the Journal Star tell me yeah. a story about this question. And so Steve <laughs> yes. asked, he asked Mickey Joseph. <laughs> oh, God. Alante Brown. He he was the best player in Chicago when he when he came out that year. It, he won an award that named him the best player in Chicago. It's not just Steve's opinion. And so you more or less asked the question of what does this mean or does this mean anything yeah, to you? Yeah, does this mean anything? Does this to you? mean anything to you? And I, knowing from a story that Parker Gabriel had told, <laughs> Steve views the idea of being the best player from Chicago in a very high light. Yeah, it's like very a, provocative. It, why? To me. Yeah. Because if think about if you were him, and you were judged the best player in the city of Chicago, <laughs> my still, God, that still, would, you still put my God, he that would be it. incredible. I mean, yeah. I can walk around saying, "Yeah, well, I'm the best player in the city of Chicago." That's pretty good, right? 
How many people are in Chicago? <laughs> a lot. A lot of people. A lot of people. What did Mickey say? Well, before we get to Mickey, yeah. this had come out between you and Parker before, and yeah. Parker had basically informed you. No, Steve, it means nothing. Uh, it's a basketball But I would city. counter to say, okay, Nebraska can say it has the best player in the city of Chicago. <laughs> It's a pretty good recruit. And so all of this leads to you asking Mickey Joseph the same question and him giving you a very flat no <laughs> without any no. like extra attitude. It was just no. <laughs> he just said no. And it, I am over here trying not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't laugh. You only hit back because, again, I know the backstory of all of this. Yeah. And then you asked a follow-up question. And then Mickey Joseph gave a really good – I just said, why? Why doesn't it mean anything to you? And he basically said that when you come to a, a college – and it, it could be any college, but specifically, obviously, Nebraska because that's where he's at – you sort of stop being what you were in high school. You're no longer the player that you were. You're no longer the, the four-star or five-star or three-star or walk-on or whatever. Right. You're a player at Nebraska, and that's more or less how said, he views it. And there's a bunch of good players. Yeah. So it and, doesn't, you know. Right. But but, but they're not. In, <laughs> best how many are the best in Chicago, though? <laughs> they, the, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what else? There's a backstory to this. He's still on his head. Is that like the Highlander thing where it's like there can only be one or something like that? <laughs> that's that's the tagline that you would give the award banquet in which they hand that out every year. There can only be one. But in 2019, Alante Brown is the best player in Chicago. You should ask him personally, what's it like to be the best player in Chicago, Alante? That's your first question to an immediate session. Didn't even know I was. There is a little other backstory to it, too. I always go back to remember when Corey Cooper was at Big Ten Media Days? Corey Cooper? Yeah. Remember that name? Oh, yeah. Safety yeah, at yeah. Nebraska sure. from Chicago. And I was at his thing, at his, at his little round table, and I. Uh, I said, is it a big deal for Nebraska to be able to rec- – I mean, I kind of asked a leading question. Is it a big deal for Nebraska to be able to recruit the city of Chicago? And I was early in the Big Ten. He goes, no, it's basketball city. <laughs> Confirming what Corey we all Cooper. thought. Corey people. Corey Cooper. Three Corey Cooper people. just shot me down. Yeah, no, 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 he goes, no, man, it's a basketball city. I guess. So are you, are you going to accept it now or not? I still say they, they – I love play, it. Keep it going. They still play high school football there. No, what we were talking about off air yeah, was yeah. What's, the, what's the cutoff for being the best player in a city? In a city, and being enamored by that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, like if you're the best player in L.A., you're like, oh yeah, that's unbelievable. Or yeah. Dallas, yep. Fort Worth, what's big. Miami? Miami's big best. Now Cleveland, yeah. Yep. Is that is that close to the cutoff? So I think Cleveland and Kansas City would still be bigger than Chicago. Wow. Oh. In terms of football, wow. being the best player yeah. in the city, really. I mean, generally, the best player in Kansas City is a top 100 guy each year. I don't know that that's true of the best player in Chicago. Ooh, we'd have to look that up. Where's the yeah? What do we cut up? Minneapolis. Now, best there, play- there is- where it's not a big deal to be the right, best player right, in the city exactly. of Albuquerque. I do wonder. <laughs> Nobody walks around saying, "Hey, he was the best player in Albuquerque." There's a fair <laughs> amount of offensive linemen that come out of Chicago too. Okay, um, and I don't know that they have as much of a chance to win an award as a quarterback would. either and i also don't know sometimes if those awards also factor in uh, only public schools or Mm -hmm. how far out in the suburbs they get of of where the cutoff is for that don't you remember when nebraska joined the big 10 part of the discussion was well now they got to recruit the city of chicago really hard i sort of viewed it as now they needed to recruit the big 10 footprint really hard and that to me meant more ohio indiana like indianapolis better football city than chicago like they produce generally 
more high end. But do, do people walk around saying I'm the best football player in the city of Indianapolis? No, I don't think probably so. not. I still say Chicago. I don't know do, that people walk around saying yeah. that. Do they either. say it in Chicago? Either, though? In Chicago. That's just you saying it for the Frankly, Chicago people. I'm not people. sure people walk around saying that in general. <laughs> I don't Even know if it is true. Of I them. always think of Alane Brown when he's back there lined up to return a kickoff. That's the best player in the city of Chicago back there. <laughs> I, I'm swear to God that goes through my mind. If that isn't Seriously? like a scheduled series for you every yeah, time you Nebraska receives a kickoff, I'm gonna be really disappointed. Alante Brown, the best player in Chicago, eight yard gain on first and ten. That tweets it out. It's gonna be like they're over in in Ireland to start the year, and you're just like Northwestern has to be careful. That's the best player in the city of Chicago back there, and they didn't get him. They couldn't have overlooked. It. We have not established the cutoff. I don't know. I don't know what. Like it would what be. town would it not? What, I, I it, might spend some more time on yeah, this. Please and do. See if I can put together like a top twenty-five. I, where Miami's the, number one, I think. That's number Miami? one. Miami, yeah, not where Dallas. it matters most. I, I think Miami's one. Dallas, LA are probably like right there. But I mean, the talent. My well, actually, uh, I got to be careful. We we've left off a major city here in a state that Nebraska loves to recruit, and that's Georgia. Ooh. Atlanta would ah. be. Atlanta would be pushing. Ooh, 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 best would player, be pushing Miami for best sure. Football sure. Player. It might be a one A one B situation. Yeah, right? that's ahead of Dallas. You think? Uh, that's ahead of Dallas. Yeah, Georgia might be. I think the second best state, and it's only growing. So you you have a huge ooh. population of former NFL yeah, told, players that live in Atlanta and the Atlanta suburbs, and Georgia has just exploded in the last yeah. five years of top end talent. God, Schaefer, that's a great point. If you can say you're the best football player in the city of Atlanta, that's a huge deal. Ooh. You must be yeah. a freakazoid. You're going to Alabama. You're probably or a top ten. <laughs> you're going I mean, you're, you're probably a top ten player or Georgia. Yeah, as I said, you're yeah. going to Bama or you're Georgia. Gonna, you're going to go the forty five miles down the road to Athens, which is a gorgeous. I love gorgeous. Athens. Love. I love Athens. Big fan. Big yeah, fan I mean, I've looked at your ratings. It's amazing if you look at just the the state of Georgia rankings. If you get the hundred fiftieth player in the state of Georgia, hundred fiftieth ranked player, it's probably a power five player. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Getting a, hey, that, Jake, you're getting that, a power five player. Depth. It's it's yeah. incredibly deep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's a huge state. So obviously Atlanta is a is a huge portion of it. But I mean, we've seen Nebraska. They're going into places like Lee County, and uh, I'm forgetting where Alfonso Dennard was. But there's a hmm. there's a school there. Was that, he from Sewanee? They tried to pull a couple players. Wilcox County is the name of the school. Oh, Wilcox County. Yeah. That's right. They've, That's right. They've tried to pull a couple players from there, and they haven't successfully the last couple of years. But uh, the, it's not just the city. Rochelle, That's Georgia. Georgia. Rochelle, yeah. Georgia. Well, Alfonso and then Dennard. you think about where Sean Becton does some of his damage in the southeast corner, where it's by the. The Florida Georgia line over yeah. there. Okay, and that's where he does damage. There's a lot of talent down there. That's right in the Tallahassee region. Right, because the um, well, also doesn't doesn't Jacksonville have suburbs that extend into Georgia? No, no, think, Jacksonville's on the coast. Yeah, but well, the line of Georgia extends yeah, over. Yeah, Savannah there. touches the coast, doesn't it? Because I'm pretty but sure. But on the other coast, Jacksonville's on the on, on the, the eastern coast. coast. Yeah, right. Yeah. But Georgia's boundary extends all the way down there. Okay. I, I have think to, let's, let's, let's get the map out. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm think, not great at geography. I think that Sean yeah, Hardy. Yeah, I think Georgia. Sean yeah. Hardy is Check from Georgia. Lives in a suburb oh, of Jacksonville. You are right. Oh, I think you're and right. He's, he's from yeah. Camden yeah, County. Yeah. Now that you're. Yeah, Jake. Just get a map up. You can do this. I mean, it's a small area. You got this, Jake. I'm pulling it up right now. You got this. <laughs> this is this is great Thursday morning geography. radio, by the way. Geography per, per the map. Huh? Can you, what do you What do you got? I'm trying to pull. It's it's. <laughs> 
Georgia does, does, yeah. Georgia. I know this because I was in Savannah last I year. Say, I don't I know. was in Savannah. Yeah. That, I, that touches the ocean. I was there. Okay. So, yes, and Jacksonville is south of Savannah. Okay. And then you can, go, you can go up to Hilton Head Island yep. in South okay, Carolina. Thank you, Schaefer. You're right. Yeah. So, yes, <laughs> Georgia does touch the ocean. So, so that's Becton territory? Yeah. Okay. Sean Becton's northern Florida, basically Orlando on up. And then most of Georgia. Critical area. I mean, they, everybody in that staff recruits Georgia for the most part. Okay, so the, not only did – okay, well, you talked to, to Mickey. What, did, is there any – well, there was a lot you heard from Mickey that was yeah. interesting. What would you – okay, I'll, I, I don't want to just say – I hate doing that to people, just open-ended. I got answers. Okay. Um. Well, what was the most important? Was the most interesting thing you heard from Mickey? Let's just do that. I got a few of them. Okay, okay, um, good. Sweet. So one right off the bat, and this is more as it relates to Nebraska's team. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you were standing around when he said this. I I don't know of another receivers coach that's put it in this terms. He wants nine receivers. Nine receivers. Jake, he said that. That's a number nine. that I don't know that I've associated. Like with he has receivers, sixteen or seventeen, right. he wants nine. Okay. And and that came up when I asked about Victor Jones Jr. and he basically said. We like Victor. He's got a long way to go, and we're not going to put too much on him. We've got we got to find nine, and we've got older guys to do that. And so, you know, normally I have always thought of receivers as a clump of like six, maybe seven. And so for him to say nine, obviously that's a three deep across your three positions there. Uh, but that was sort of interesting to me. So Nine out of 16 or 17. Yeah, so right off the bat, like, I mean, if you sit out and you write it out, like nine do is it. – Well, okay, so – I think for sure, Trey Palmer. One. One. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Two. Omar Manning. Three. Xavier Betts. Four. I would say Oliver Martin. Oliver Martin. Five. And then it, Alante, Alante Brown, Brown is, is six. I mean, you know why. And so then the Just next three are sort of where it gets fascinating okay. to me. Yeah, right. Because you've got guys like yeah. uh, Latrell Neville, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Hardy, mm-hmm. Kamonte Grimes. Mm-hmm. And then you have some walk-ons that are going to be involved in that as Brody well. Brody Belt. You have Brody Belt. Brody, so Brody Belt. Belt should probably be. Brody Belt's probably eight. And so Hey, I'm who, serious. Who, no, Brody seven? Belt would be seven. 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 Yeah. So okay, then Brody you're looking Belt. for two more out of those Okay, freshmen. Brody Belt. The reason we mentioned Brody Belt, who played running back right. last year. Right. Well, he has been now he's playing back. in the slot now. Okay. And so then you, you've still got the guys that are coming in. Decoldis Crawford. Who? You say Omar Manning yet? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay. You still have Decoldis Crawford, Bonner. Victor Jones, so that's three more. Those are freshmen. So you have six freshmen between redshirt freshmen, and then you have those two spots left. God dang, you have some competition. And you're going to have some other walk-ons that I know that they like that were a little bit younger that hadn't worked their way uh, up yeah, as kid well. kid from Aurora, for instance. Oh. Oh, God, I, I hate I think of I Aurora, this. I think of the board. Well, maybe board Johnson Brock. Well, there's, just, well, there's just Ty Han. But Ty Han, Ty Han. But then there's also Alex Bullock from uh, Creighton Prep. Yeah, but, I was thinking of Ty Han. Yeah, so there's there's some other deeper cut walk-on wow. guys as well. Think about that competition. But think about how deep it seems when you can get to Brody Belt at seven. Mm-hmm. You you kind of, I mean, I think everybody likes what's in front of that. It's just a matter of there's not a ton of production there. Uh, at least at Nebraska, and so well, they, they yes and no. Out. I mean, Palmer was productive at LSU, thirty catches. Sure. Garcia um, Castaneda is the most productive receiver, very productive, at and New he Mexico. has one season in the college level. Omar Manning had twenty six catches last right. year. Xavier Betts had how how many did he 17, have? 18. 17, 18. So there's some production. Mickey's got a pretty good room. Oh, he's got a talented room. Yeah. They just need to go from 
never being the number one option to they need someone to be the number one option. You know, and as he was, you know, the whole conversation of Mark Whipple feeds one guy traditionally, Mickey kind of pushed back against that. He did that, push back on which that. Which I another I, thing that I found sort of yeah. interesting in it. And his whole point from a strategy standpoint is basically if you've got three guys they have to worry about, they can't just put a bunch of players or extend their defense to one specific receiver. Yeah, it was interesting that Mickey, because Mickey was at the Lincoln Coaches Association gathering. I think he was listening to Whipple. And Whipple's whole presentation was about Jordan Addison and how I want to identify fed one guy. Yeah, yeah fed one guy. And, and he I, did that at Mass, too. Like, I mean, yeah. so it was uh, the tight end that recently was let go at Arizona State. Uh, that's a coach there. Adam Brenneman, I think, was his name. And then Andy Isabella, who's a wide receiver for the, the Cardinals. Right. Uh, Second they both pick. had monster years because they were the best player, and that's who he was getting the ball to. Yeah, we're not here to suggest that Mickey Joseph and Mark Whipple are already at odds, but it was sort of interesting, his yeah. answer. Like, no, no, we're, we're, we won't spread it around. We have talent in the room. <laughs> Whipple's giving a presentation about, no, I try to identify the best player yeah. and yeah. work to get him the ball. Which one is it here? Yeah, right. sort of, yeah it's sort of interesting. Yeah. Do you, who, who do you think is the best receiver, though? I if, have if said that I, I think that it will be Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Number one. Whoa, really? So I would say Palmer, but that's... I, yeah, I think Palmer has really, really high athletic upside. I'm not sure that I think he's the kind of guy that's going to catch 60 passes in okay. a year. He caught 30 at LSU, right, which, which a you lot get a lot of credence for yep. that, right? I mean, you get a lot of credence for so, that. And it, it very well could be Palmer, but I, I guess I right now would stake my claim towards Isaiah Garcia Castaneda in that. And then who knows if Xavier Betts – I don't think it'll be Omar Manning. I don't. Um, I don't know that he's ever going to be a number one or a number two receiver at Nebraska, but – Maybe Xavier Betts makes that jump because yeah, it could a, be Betts from a gifted standpoint, and the way that Mickey talked about him when Xavier Betts eventually came up, they're going to keep him on the outside, mm -hmm. and when he gets one-on-one -on -one coverage, the idea is going to be take a shot at him, which is what Nebraska fans were screaming at their televisions most of two years. Mm -hmm. So, um, if that plays out how Mickey has described. That will either open up something for Trey Palmer in the slot mm -hmm. or the other receiver Pal opposite. Palmer's going to be in the slot. Or Omar Manning in the slot. Manning's going to be in the slot. Brody Bell in the slot. And he said, now, Jay, you heard it, Mike. He heard, he talked about Isaiah Garcia Castaneda as if he's not on the field yet. Right. And that kind of throws a little pause in it, too. Right. I don't know. It's basically, yeah. when we get him back is kind yeah, of what when he, he said. Yeah, that's you what know, he I don't said. know what happened. Because I think he was healthy to finish at New Mexico State, yeah. so... Now Frost didn't include him on like the injury right. list, so, so maybe I don't, he's just out for the first week. Nicked up a little bit. Yeah. I don't, that must I, how do it. you feel about Manning in the slot? <clears throat> to me, it feels like a the sort of thing that if you have Travis Vokalek opposite, it's almost like mm. having two tight ends uh, because Omar good is point. that good point. big. It's a good but point. he runs more like a receiver. He obviously catches more like a receiver. I like it. I don't have any issue putting uh, a bigger guy in that in that role because to me. Especially with blocking on the on sort of more interior runs, like he can provide a, a physical presence there. I I'm fine with it, uh, and he can be a bit of a safety belt as well for for Casey Thompson or whoever's at quarterback. So That's, I yeah. I don't have any real issue with it. It it sets up a little bit like a hybrid wide receiver tight end role, which this offense ran at UCF or Scott Frost offense has run at UCF. They've talked about this before. Um, you know, with guys like Katarian Legrone and Justin McGriff and 
and other ones that they've recruited. They went away with from it. But I, I've also never envisioned Thomas Fedoni as a true tight end, and, and maybe Omar Manning is the first of what sort of Thomas Fedoni moves into, which is a more split-out version of a tight end that's almost more of a slot wide. This is what Joseph said when we, when we asked him what he looks for in a slot. He said, first of all, you have to be twitchy. What's that mean, Schaefer? Twitchy. Quick twitch athleticism. you got to be able to move uh, yeah, side to side pretty quickly. you got to be able to get in and out of cuts quickly. Yeah. You have to be willing. M- Mickey says you have to be a will. This is what Mickey said. You have to be a willing participant to go across the middle and catch the ball in traffic, yes. He said you have to have a good football IQ because of the things they ask, which is run option routes, run over routes, run delta routes, um, bubbles. He said you have to be able to get out of traffic because you're in the middle of that mess every single time. Outside guys, he said, they can release outside and nobody's out there. The inside guy is always trying to direct himself through traffic. That And Whipple, he said, he said Whipple. Likes bigger receivers. Yeah, he said it's a big target, but Coach Whipple likes a big target as an inside guy. Hmm. Yep. There you go, Jake. There you go. Uh, what else was interesting from Mickey? The thing well, the he Alante said about Brown stuff was interesting. well, yeah. Uh, um, when, when we weren't talking about the, the city of Chicago, Chicago yeah. he he referred to Alante Brown as one of the leaders already, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of fascinating because right. he hasn't played a ton. No, and I still think of him as young, even though he's really with his third season yeah. with the program, and so it, it would make sense in that regard. Part of it, Alante Brown doesn't miss anything. I mean, that's what. That was one of my takeaways. He shows up to every off-season activity. Loves He's football. Always there. Yeah, that That's what Mickey said. That was like the first question of the whole thing, and it turned into like finding guys that love for football versus guys that just like it, and mm. Mickey wants to separate and only have guys that love football in his room. And yeah, so and Alante, he said, loves yeah. football. And so that was, that was interesting. The Xavier Betts in-state pressure. I thought was interesting. Yeah, what did he say about that? So basically, he gets asked about Xavier Betts, and he talks about how he's matured a little bit and that some of it is he needed to hear and and basically be coached on the idea that because he's an in-state kid and specifically because he's a high-profile in-state kid, there's a lot more pressure. Everybody yeah. wants to know everything. Everybody yeah. wants to know why he's not playing. Every You know, you don't just get to disappear in the same way that a Camonte Grimes coming from Florida – wouldn't have the same level of pressure right. on him. That's true. And so I thought that was really kind of interesting because I don't know that I've had an assistant coach, regardless of staff, mm-hmm. when talking about in-state guys, talk about the difficulty of dealing with everything that comes with knowing the football bubble in the way that they do. Yeah, and Mickey was that guy in, yeah. in, New, in, the state of New, in the state of Louisiana, best player in the city of New Orleans. There was probably some pressure on Mickey. Uh Greg, Let's get the break here in a second. Real okay. quick, Greg. Okay. Yeah, this is perfect. Greg texts in, remind the guys that the greatest ever Nebraska tied in Johnny Mitchell, or he says Johnny freaking Mitchell, came from Chicago. Long time ago. Checkmate. Yes. Yeah, hey, that's what he wrote. That's good. Checkmate. Uh, he's a better tight end than Junior Miller. Uh, he's more talented. Okay. Yeah, Johnny was a freak talent. Like, I got yelled at a- one time because I didn't know who Junior Miller. was. Yeah, he's he was a freak talent too, yeah. but it but the old timers would tell you I think Johnny Mitchell like right now Johnny Mitchell would be a freak talent. He was that good. I mean he was freaky good. He played for the Jets for a while. He did. First round pick. First round. Before we get to break, uh Schaefer, the hour is sponsored by Trek C B D. Tell us about Trek C B D. 
Yeah, uh, like I've said in the past, tremendous store, great people who know their stuff. I mean, regardless of what you're looking for, if you're looking to, you're you're getting your golf game right. You know, yes, the sir. spring is coming around. Yesterday it was like 78 degrees. If people were 80, able to get on the record high, if people were able to get on the course uh, and get out and play, maybe you're a little stiff, maybe you're a little sore. You can go to Trek CBD. They'll have stuff for you that can help with your ailments, get you back onto the playing field. The Softballs rolling around. People uh, yeah. people can use it for that. So there's all sorts of stuff there. It's not always the Delta 8 gummies, so that's where I kind of spend my time. Say that um, again, Delta 8 gummies? Delta 8 gummies, uh, as I have talked about many times. Many but times. They, they have so many products, and people just need to go down and check it out. Let them know what you're looking for, and they can direct you in the right uh, place. Trek CBD, 84th and Highway 2, or online at trekcbd.com. We'll have more next. Get your questions in at 402-999-4620. The Mike Schaefer Hour continues next on Early Break on the Ticket. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Anthem Health Plans, Inc.